the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The creation account and its significance for you and I today. Next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As the ministry of Valley Bible Church in Hercules, we welcome you to today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Uh, We're in Genesis chapters 1 and 2, taking a look at the account of creation. Today's message is simply entitled, The Creator of All Things. We would invite you to join us as we see the significance of the creation of all things that we know. With this edition of Truth For Today now, once again, Pastor Phil Howard. Listen to this. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name. He's got a name for all those stars. I mean, if I had a billion kids, I'd run out of names. He's got squillions of stars out there and he's got them named. It's just out there. That's as good as billion. We're still lost. He brings out the starry host one by one. He calls them each by name because of his great power and his mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. And he says, oh, Israel, can I take care of you? Why do you say, oh, Jacob, and explain, oh, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. I make stars. I can keep you, Jacob. How do we know this stuff? You act like you know, Howard. Were you there? No. I may look that old, but I... Oh. Hebrews 11, 1. You're there, aren't you? Turn those leaves. Don't come in this church and stare. Turn in the Bible. You're going to hear stuff you don't like to hear. So you need to have the verse. And then let God just burn it in your forehead. If he says it, Rich and I have agreed, if we've got bad breath, we'll use a mouthwash. We don't want to offend you. But if we say what God says and it bothers you, you've got to settle it with him. I'm just God's mailman. I don't write the letter. Isn't that good? Uh, I don't run out and stone the guy when he brings a Sears bill that Carolyn charged that I didn't know about. Leave that poor mailman alone. He said, I I didn't write it. I didn't do it. And sometimes people get mad at preachers when they ought to be mad at God. He wrote it. But it's a lot easier to stone a preacher than it is God. That's why we like the deacons to get us out the side door. (laughs) 
Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. I'm certain about things I've never... I'm certain I'm going to heaven. But I've never seen it. How can you be certain? He's given me the gift of faith. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was evolved. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. You mean God can create something out of nothing? Yeah. He can. He said in, Genesis, or in Romans 4.17, He who can cause things to be that were not, He can take a barren Sarah and an infertile Abraham, and He can cause to be what was not even in existence. God can do that. And so we go along here, He says, I want there to be evening and morning. Fourth day, I want light. I want sun, moon, stars. He puts them there. He blesses it. Verses 20 through 23. He puts the birds in the heavens. And living creatures in the sea. Tells them to be fruitful and multiply. And it was the fifth day. On the sixth day he makes various kinds of land animals. Domesticated animals. Wild animals. Creeping creatures. And he blesses them. And then he comes to verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man, and this word man is Adam in the Hebrew, and sometimes it's used of male gender, Sometimes it's used of the man, Adam. And sometimes it's used of mankind in general. And here you'll see that it's mankind. Watch. For God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Mankind comes in two genders. Male, female. Both equally made in the image of God. Now in chapter 2 he's going to give us the detail that the woman shows up a little bit later than the man and comes out of the man. But in the mind of God they are both divine creations, both divine image bearers. What he says here is we are not the epitome of an evolutionary chain. We are the masterpiece of God's creative work. When he made man, he says, I'm going to make something in my image and my likeness. The debate is, what is it? A great scholar, Gordon Wynnum of England, Oxford, in word commentary, gave five views of what the image means. One view is uh, that man was made to rule. That maybe the ability to rule is the image. And... uh, so that he has that ability. Another one is his natural, maybe mental abilities. One view is that we were made in his physical likeness. Because the Hebrew word is a strong word to cut out. To cut out a duplicate. And so, some say we can't do that because God is incorporeal. He doesn't have a body, he's spirit. But I think there's some argument that Man is made after some likeness of God when he does corporally 
appear. When God showed up on the earth, he didn't show up like a donkey. God didn't come to the earth like a lion. God didn't come in the image of uh, monkeys, animals, snakes, that Babylonian myths taught. An Egyptian myth worshipped the bull, worshipped certain serpents. When God showed up on the earth, he showed up in a body like I've got. So when God does manifest himself, he'll never show up as a snake. He won't ever show up like an eagle. When he decides to be corporal, it's the body like you and I have. So I think there's some argument that there's an interface there. J. Barton Payne said he believed that the image of God is everything that separates brute beast from human beings. It's interesting that according to the word of God, your flesh is not even the flesh of an animal. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says there's one flesh of birds, another flesh of animals, and another flesh of human beings. Our flesh is of a different composition than that of animals. We are not an animal when God's doing the talking. We are divine image bearers. We are set apart from the other five days in that God says, you're in my image and my likeness. But what is the image and likeness? I'm inclined to believe, to start with, we have something that brute beasts don't have, and that is intellect, will, and emotion. Animals do things instinctively. They mate instinctively. They have cycles. They have certain times of fertility. They have certain habits that are just instinctive. They're not, an animal never decides, I'm going to propose to another animal. An animal can never say, uh, doesn't have the gift of language to say, you know I chose you to be my life's partner because in my heart I love, an animal can't love another animal like you can love a human being or love a baby. Your intellect, that you can think, that you can make rational choices, that you can come to the tree in the garden and say, I know it's right or wrong, I can make a volitional, intelligent choice. Animals do instinctively what they do. They don't have intellect, will, and emotion. Some argue that man was built to have those attributes of God in us called righteousness, goodness, love, those kinds of feelings that we can feel like God feels. You know, when I hear of a prodigal child, when I see a parent weeping over a child, let's say, or over some heartbreak, isn't it something that you have the ability to sympathize with God and his heart being broken over a prodigal world. Because there's enough in us that's like God. We can sympathize with God. We can understand God made man with a vehicle of speech. Isn't it wonderful that Adam was made with the ability that he could talk to this God who talked to him? I mean, have you ever heard hogs talk to each other? Oink, oink. And we think, well, we're part of the animal kingdom. Honey, I'm a long ways beyond an oink. Language. The ability to communicate your heart. 
I'm a divine image bearer. I have a value to my life that is never in the animal kingdom. What a nation of paradox. We can abort babies and save whales. Abort children and save the redwoods. How stupid can we be? Let's save both. I don't care if you save a whale, but how about saving a baby? We are image bearers. We can talk with God, with each other. Have you ever thought of yourself, I'm an image bearer? That means I'm a piece of the artwork of God. And when I go out and see people, and they say, where did you come from? Now let's just let's compare. I'm meeting with an atheistic evolutionist. Where did you come from? Well, let me see. I'm not sure which pond or which year. How far back? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's way back. What changed? Well, at least, you know, the last thing was an ape. I know that. How does that make you feel? A little apish. <laughs> Hello. Well, you know. So if I act like an animal, I'm in the chain. And then they ask some old saint, maybe with a just high school education. An old worn out Bible. Where did you come from? I came from the hand of God. Why, you can't say that. Why can't I? Well, you don't have, you, you haven't, you haven't majored in biology. No, but I've majored in theology. And God came before biology. Are you with me? So, well, you mean God said that's how you start? Yeah. My mama knows where I came from. Huh? My dad knows where I came from. And my heavenly father knows where I came from. All the way back here, I created you to bear my image. You'll be different than anything else from this. And Psalms 8, what is man that you would be mindful of him? The great dignity that you would even send God in the likeness of a man. Listen, listen. Let me tell you some reasons why I don't believe evolution. I don't believe it because it rejects God and divine revelation. I deny it because it denies the fall of man and the fact of sin. I don't believe it because it rejects a virgin birth and miracles. It rejects everything that I believe the Bible teaches. You cannot put one little star in motion. You cannot shape one single forest leaf, nor fling a mountain up, nor sink an ocean. Presumptuous pygmy, large with unbelief. You cannot bring one dawn of regal splendor, nor bid the day to shadowy twilight fall, nor send the pale moon forth with radiance tender, and dare you doubt the one who's done it all. What can you and I do? The greatest thing you could ever do is to believe God. Let me just make some observations. One, God is your creator. Remember him all the days of your life. Remember your creator. Remember you were divinely designed to have fellowship with him. He made you for a face-to-face -face relationship. Second of all, I'd like to say that in the Genesis account, when God speaks, things happen. God can take nothing and speak and there be matter. 
And he used that very phrase in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. The God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has spoken to our hearts that we might see the glory that's in the face of Jesus. The power it took to create the universe was the power it took for God to speak to your heart and end the blindness that kept you from seeing Jesus. When God speaks, there's two things that is the most powerful forces in the universe today. The Word of God joined with the Spirit of God. The Spirit hovered. The Spirit vibrated. The Spirit had some connection to that early creation. And the Word of God, He was there to carry out maybe the Word of God and make it happen. But God's Word is seen to be the creative, powerful Word. And that's why the most powerful thing we do in this church is teach the Bible and try to practice it. It's the most powerful thing in the world. We don't preach Reader's Digest. We try to preach the Bible. It brings light to people that are in darkness. Mankind is a divine image bearer. What you do to a fellow human being, God takes personal. If I walked into a room and you had a, an uncle that had a piece of art, I go to a doctor and in his uh, office, he's got all these paintings from his Little girls, I've seen those girls grow up just by seeing the pictures in his office, always changing them. And say, hey, she's getting a little bit bigger. One's getting ready to go to college. When I first went to him 10 years ago, you know, little tights. But he'd keep these little crayon drawings. And then they got better, watercolors. And if I just went over there and... I can't stand that picture. Would he not take that as an act against his girl? For when you mess with what we create, you insult the one who created it. We may not understand this in art, but we understand it with children. You know your kid's a brat many times, but you don't want somebody else treating them like a brat. Because when somebody else is messing with them, they're angelic to you. They're precious. And when you get them home, you'll half kill them. Because you're saying... You're messing with a piece of my artwork. I created that kid. I don't want you thumping around. Oh, we loved our mama. You couldn't mess with us kids. She'd go right, right through you. She didn't have much. She had LJ and us five kids. But don't mess with the kids. She'll spank the fire out of us, but don't you mess with us. Don't you love that? You know why? It was one of her only things in life she ever made. Made five children. Seven, really. And then you start destroying the artwork. You're messing with her. And God says when you hate people, when you want to kill people, when you want to slander people, when you run people down, the only thing on this earth that bears the image of God is people. And when you're right with God, you don't mess with his artwork. We're in the world to reach these image bearers and see that they come back to know their creator, that they can meet him face to face. We're not out to destroy people. God is against it. I like to say this. Science has done many wonderful things for us. I thank God there's penicillin. I thank God for hip replacement. But science is not God. It is a great tool. And true science never opposes true Bible. There's no conflict. It's myth that comes into conflict with Scripture. I want to say this. One of the great things I see here is God is the God of beginnings. God can take this mass that is formless 
and uninhabitable, spinning out there in space, and God could say, let there be light, let there be plant life, let there be animal life, let there be life in the heavens, let there be stars and skies out of that darkness that was over it. The Spirit was hovering and brooding. God is telling Israel as a group of slaves that had just been liberated, your God can take confusion, death, darkness, and speak the word and bring order, bring life, bring meaning, bring design, bring purpose. And you know the same thing that created the universe is what God used to create you in Christ as a believer. We are born again of the incorruptible Word of God, and we've been born again by the Spirit of God. We've been washed with the washing of regeneration by the Spirit. And you know what it is? When a man comes to Christ and God makes him a new creation, he takes a life that is full of darkness, without shape, without meaning, without form, because the image bearer has rebelled against him who created him. And God's Spirit broods. And God's Spirit hovers over a heart and hovers over a wrecked life. And I've seen this God take confusion and bring order, take darkness and bring light, for the power of the new birth is the power that created the universe, set free to give you life and light and meaning. You can only find it in the Creator. Quit running from Him. Quit hiding from Him. Do like Jeremiah did in chapter 18. I went to the potter's house and I saw the clay and he tried to make it a vessel and all of a sudden it was flawed. I saw him take and hit that clay, smashed it down and he said, I'll work with it again. I'll make it into a vessel fit from the Creator's hands. I'm impressed that he created the universe. How could we not be? I'm also impressed that when I was lost, the Spirit hovered over my heart, and one day the shades came off and the light broke through. And I, who was dead in sins and trespasses, by God's resurrection creative power, I was created in Christ, a new creation. You know what? Some of you are still dead in your sins and trespasses. You're religious, you go to church a little bit, but the light of God has never broken through to your heart. You know the church language, you play church games, but you don't know the Creator. When His voice permeates you, life will spring up, and you'll be born again and saved. You won't be religious. You'll be right, because the light came through. Is it well with your soul? Had a Jehovah's Witness girl tell me yesterday, she said, if you'll buy my track, if you'll believe the gospel I give you, you'll have a promise on the new earth. I said, honey, what about heaven? She said, oh, that's for only 144,000. I said, let me tell you a gospel that will give you the heavens, not just the earth. My gospel gets you all the way to heaven. I said, my gospel gets you to heaven. <laughs> I'm not just interested in running around with lions in the millennium. I want to go to heaven. Huh? Where is your life? Are you lost? 
Is your life in confusion? Is it chaotic? Maybe you need to come to the Creator. He's a master of new beginnings. Today, you can begin life all And that will conclude our time today here on Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. As we close out our broadcast, we would invite you to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church, and we would also invite you to stop by our website and take advantage of added resource materials we've made available through this ministry. You see, as we come to you on a daily basis, it's our hope and desire that you grow in Christ, that you find yourself sustained by His grace through the teaching and preaching of His Word. Along those lines, we've created Truth For Today Radio, which is a website that contains a lot of other extracurricular resource materials that you can add to your relationship with Christ as you seek to grow in Him. We also have information about who we are, what we believe, and worship opportunities at Valley Bible Church, where this broadcast originates, here in Hercules. We have directions, we have service times, all of it. It's available at truthfortodayradio.org. If you would like to contact us by phone, you're welcome to do so at 855-833-9864. Again, that's 855-833-9864. As always, you're welcome to write to us. The address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. We would also ask you to prayerfully consider partnering with us, not just prayerfully, but financially as well, as this broadcast and the many resource materials available along with it are available as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully. Our goal and desire is to minister to the greater Bay Area, and we can do that more and more as you link arms with us, again, financially and prayerfully. No gift is too small, no gift is too large. And whether it's a one-time gift or monthly gift, it's all appreciated, and your prayers even more so. Reach us at truthfortodayradio.org or call 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.